The Ridiculous Six was a bit too ridiculous for Jack and Josh, so they're taking a do-over. This is Truly Happily Madison. Um, hit the theme. Hello! Oh, Josh Pappenheim. Oh, Jack Gregson. What's up, baby? Oh, Josh Pappenheim. I am I am recovering from a second COVID jab. Oh, the so, Pfizer Manelli. Yeah? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I'm a Pfizer yeah. baby. Oh, you're a Pfizer baby. I'm a Pfizer baby. I've just had my second jab. Oh, you'll, you'll feel like this tomorrow. What, like a beautiful young man? No, <laughs> I feel very old. Um, like the beach. Oh, don't get me started, because <laughs> that's all this podcast. Do you know how much all I want to do, <laughs> all I ever want to do from now on, is just talk about M Night Shyamalan's old. No, we don't. Don't shame him. Like aging is a natural process. <laughs> no. Don't fuck about, Josh. Don't even fuck about! Do not question the sacred text. It's it's probably my film of the year. (laughs) Um, Stiff competition from Godzilla vs. Kong. Yeah, I guess that's true. But you haven't seen the other beach movie of the the decade. No, the other one. I have. Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Those are my two favourite beach movies of the year. It's uh, all your... All my favorite. All your favorite are, movies going to be beaches. Yes, and uh, and um, uh, I love beaches. The movie with Bette Midler. I was going to say, how do you feel about beaches? And, and the remake with Adina Menzel, Adele Dalzie, and the beach st- starring uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Um. Uh, I'm talking about the other sand movie. Oh, the the sand the Sandman movie. The Sandman movie. That's a Netflix show, actually, Josh. What? Sandman coming to Netflix soon. Oh, not that. <laughs> uh, 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 no, the spicy sand. The spicy sand. The spicy sand. That's all anyone wants. That's what everyone on the street is yelling for. They want the spicy sand film. They chili, want chili Timothee Chalamet is poor. Oh. oh, I thought you were talking about a different <laughs> spicy sand. What did you think I was talking about? The Sandman. No. Sandman. Oh, Adam thought no. <laughs> no. I thought you were talking about Hustle. No, I'm talking about Dune. Josh, did you realise that Hustle is um, produced by your good friend LeBron James? What? 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 <laughs> Do you know that oh. Hustle was produced by LeBron James? I did not, but I know now. Yeah. That's so, you exciting. Know, you know, um, from the makers of Space Jam A New Legacy and the do-over oh. comes Hustle. Finally, together again, Hustle. Uh, oh, audiences might have not noticed, but I just dropped in what film we're covering. Nope. That's right. <laughs> we're covering Space Jam, A New Legacy. Fuck no, yeah. No, we're not. No, we're not. Josh hasn't seen it, even though he'd love it, because it's got the same plot as Hook. Um, <laughs> it hasn't. Well, actually, it probably does, right? Has, it, has he kidnapped his child? Yeah, and he's like manipulating <laughs> his child to 
fight against. <laughs> and when home he's... run, Jack. Oh no, run yeah. home, Jack. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a okay. classic moment in a terrible movie. It is a classic moment in a terrible movie. Got to save Mackie. Got Re- to save Jack. Remade Hulk as Space Jam Two. <laughs> Um, it's wild, I mean, wild that, that just shows how good a film it is. It's wild that Hook isn't a Warner Brothers property. Is that, I don't know who's it. it Trice? It's, uh, I believe it's... Orion's. Columbia? Or is Columbia. it Universal? Universal. It could be any of these. I don't know. I, you could tell me it was it was anyone, and I'd nod and go, oh yeah, of course, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it was Columbia Trister. Nice. A 1991 American fantasy swashbuckler adventure film, hated by many. <laughs> and loved by one. <laughs> uh, I was fine. talking to former guest of the show about our Pixels episode, uh, Ben Phillips. Mm. And uh, he was mm. saying that you had some wild hot takes in um, that episode, <laughs> mainly being E.T. bad, hook good. <laughs> <laughs> Look. I don't think it's a fucking wild take to say that a film that you watched 50,000 times when you were a child is something you look at fondly, whereas the film made for children that you watch when you're older, when every other children's film since then has aped it in some way and, like, everything references it, maybe it's not quite as magical as it would have been if I watched it without any knowledge of those other things. Bullshit, bullshit. I didn't watch, um, I didn't watch, uh, It's a Wonderful Life till I was an adult. And everything apes that, and I think it's wonderful. Life. Yes. <laughs> very good. Well, thank you very much, Ben Phillips, for your constructive feedback. <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah, so we're talking about the do-over this week. Ooh! There's so <laughs> many O's in that title. The It should be called the Doover. If only that wasn't that silly hyphen. Well, we'll get there. One day. Society hasn't progressed enough. Society needs to evolve out of the use of hyphens. Mm. It needs to unhyphen. Fuck! Unhyphen fuck? <laughs> unhyphen fuck. I was like, is unhyphenated hyphenated? Um, a question for a scholar. I don't think it is. No. Well, Usually un isn't something that's hyphenated. Depends if you're good or bad at grammar. I do you spell know. hitchhikers with a hyphen? Or do you go double H? Or do you do it as two words? I like to split it into four words. So, ha. Oh, it's five. Cruise. It makes saying the hit <laughs> guide to the galaxy extremely hard to say. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Great. Okay, good. Would you like a synopsis for the do-over? I would love a synopsis for the do-over. Okay. It looks like we don't have a synopsis for this title yet. There's no way to succinctly describe this. There's, I've got one. I've got one. I've got one. Yeah. <clears throat> Max, Adam Sandler, and Charlie, David Spade. Old school friends who reunite at their 25th <laughs> high school reunion. No, no grammar uh, there? No. no just Max and Charlie, old school friends. <laughs> <laughs> Max and Charlie. Max and Charlie, old school friends, who reunite at their 25th high school reunion, are tired of their mundane lives. 
they decide to wipe the slate clean for a do-over. After faking their deaths and assuming new identities, could their lives be better the second time around? Okay, so that's like the first six minutes of it. That doesn't even have a written by. Good. Um, It doesn't deserve it. No, it doesn't. (laughs) It's sort of cobbled. Yeah, so that's technically what the film's about-ish, but it's it, that's not even true because only one of them decides to fake their deaths. Yeah, the, I mean these synopses <sighs> are usually pretty slapdash in what they're, they're about. Yeah, it's true. Do you have some? Yeah, we've got some stats. Um, so this is directed by Stephen Brill. Hey, do you remember Steve Brill? Um, I remember his face because he's in a few of them, right? But I don't. I, I don't think he is in any of them. He is. I don't think he is. I think he is. Um... <laughs> I think he is. And I think we talked about it. What is he in? Um Are you thinking of Karachi? No, oh you don't think he's in you don't think he's in Mr. Deeds, uncredited as a violin player? You don't think he's in I don't think we talked about that. You don't think he's in Little Nicky as a WNYH reporter? We've never talked about this man being in anything. You don't think he's in Big Daddy as Castellucci? I know that that's not one of us. I oh, you don't think he's in The Wedding Singer as Glenn's buddy? You don't think he's in D three the Mighty Ducks as arcade attendant? You don't think oh. he's in D2, The Mighty Ducks, and Celebrity and Party? Ta- no, this is what we talked about. We talked that he is the writer on all the Mighty Ducks Oh, movies. okay. <laughs> you don't think he's in The Mighty Ducks 1 as Frank Hardy? <laughs> so, so, yeah, we've never talked about him as an actor before. Fine. And I don't think you remember him as an actor in anything. It's probably true that I don't remember him as an actor from any of these films, any of the... Happy Madison films, but I Karachi think... Karachi has shown up in them, and Dugan has shown up in them, and we've, I think we've talked about that, like, Karachi is that doctor in Click with that weird plastic head. Yes. No, we have talked about that. I think it's just as soon as I saw his face, I recognised him, but I now realise that's because it's from The Mighty Ducks. <laughs> um, so, he has not directed a Happy Madison movie. He he was a big on the Happy Madison to begin with. He was the director of Little Nicky and Mr. Deeds. Mm. And then he disappears for 14 years. Wow. Like the length between Joe Dirt and Joe Dirt 2. But in, in his time without, you know, he has directed. What's he done, Jack? Do you remember Without a Paddle? I do. Where Seth I Green, Matthew Lillard, and Dak Shepard were without a paddle. You wouldn't Dax a shepherd. Do you remember Drillbit Taylor? Uh, is that Owen Wilson? Yeah, as a bodyguard. Oh. For kids. <laughs> you know, for kids. But he's, he's actually a homeless man. For fuck's sake, what is that film? Okay, good. Um, do you remember Walk of Shame? No. A comedy starring Elizabeth Banks, mm. where she has a one-night stand and does a walk of shame. But what's the plot? That's the plot. <laughs> is it like a? Is it like a Cosmopolis style? Film it's like she got. To, like... She's got to like get home. Oh right, and then wacky things happen, right? Yeah, wacky things happen, and she's like, "Oh no, I'm wearing the dress from last night." Good. <laughs> Sounds good. And then, uh, and he did a short on uh, movie Forty Three. Who didn't? Like everyone, Paul Thomas Anderson. He did, did the one. short that wasn't released in the UK. What? 
Yeah. There was one not released here. What was it? Oh, no, no. Oh, he did the one that was released in the UK. <laughs> um, have you seen Movie 43? No. Oh, okay. So there's like um, a connective tissue between the um, shorts. And in uh, in the UK version, it's like um, a group of teenagers searching for the most banned film in the world, which is Movie 43. Right, I see. Yes. Um, and uh, they like wind up... Like dealing with um, the dark web and like mob- a mobster played by Fisher Stevens. Good, good. But in the uh, U.S., uh, its uh, connective tissue is um, a guy played by Dennis Quaid uh, pitching uh, bad ideas to uh, producer Gr- uh, Greg Kinnear. Right. And I believe um, Seth MacFarlane is in that version. Right. But uh, that did not make the UK version. I see. So, does the US version have the movie 43 thing? No. <laughs> what? I think he's just, like, pitching the, the films that are, like, the shorts within the film. Right, okay, I see. I, see. I like the Fisher-Stevens one more. <laughs> but then... I mean, I've only seen the Fisher-Stevens one, so that has to be my favourite. <laughs> <laughs> because you don't want to watch but it again. By default. Out. I mean, I'm kind of curious. I want to see what Seth MacFarlane's doing. Mm. And, and Common. Common's in it as well. Common? That's rare. Mm. To see Common. It's funny, because his name is Common. No, I get it. <laughs> so Steve Brill only made it in the UK version. Oh, okay. Weird. Did you know there was also a short in it directed by the guy who directed Paul Blart Morcop? In which uh, Anna Faris um, wants uh, Chris Pratt to poo on her chest. What? That sounds perfect. Yeah. As short films Truly, go. happily, right. movie 43? No. We do one episode on each short film? No. Each one, <laughs> two hour, two and a half hours oh, long, uh, only available uh, on Patreon. Apologies, Steve Brill does make the US cut because he also directed uh, the iBabe short, which uh, stars Richard Gere. Mm. Apparently, uh, Gear was one of the people who was like, "I don't want to do this." Why did he do it? Forced to do it by some weird contract thing. Oh, I love that. Yes, <laughs> I love that a lot. Well, I don't because if you don't want to do it, you shouldn't have to. Anyway, yes, Richard Gear, a friend of the producers, said yes, but also said he would not be available for more than a year. So the producer waited him out, convinced his sketch was good. Gear eventually called the producer and told him he was free to shoot on just a couple of conditions. They had to do it in four days and they needed to relocate the shoot from Los Angeles to New York. <laughs> they basically just made it like as, as hard as possible. Hard as possible, hoping that he'd get out of it. But couldn't. And uh, we should definitely do movie forty three. Mm. Um So yes, uh Steve Brill is back. Hey. There's a few of these Netflix ones. Because uh, he does Sandy Wexler and Hubie Halloween as well. I'm just thinking through. Yeah, those are big ones. And 100% Fresh. Do you do 100% Fresh? Well, it says director 100% Fresh TV special. Is what yes, I'm saying. Yes, that's him. Yes. That'll be him. No, apologies. It's just not on his Wikipedia. Um, but it is I'm on, on IMDb. IMDb. Yeah. It's also co-directed by Nicholas Goosen. Your fave. Oh, the Goose Man. What's he done again? Is that Strange Wilderness? No, he did. Um, he did Grandma's Boy. Yes, 
and uh, the shortcut. Yes. <laughs> we should do like an awards at the end where we can like nominate the best director of all these films and oh, absolutely. <laughs> That'd be the final, the final bit. Yeah, because we're not going to talk about Hubie Halloween. We're just going to say it's good. And it's then, brilliant, and then we can. Spo- oh, we, I don't know. Spoilers. Don't know. We've got stuff to say. I don't know if um, I do. So, it's just good, and then the rest of it can be awards. So moving on to the second stat. <laughs> yeah. um, this one stars Adam Sandler. Yay! David Spade. Woo! Paula Patton. Woo! Catherine Hahn. Woohoohoo! What's that? Well, what? I forgot you hated Catherine Hahn. No, um, I love Catherine Hart. I'm and, trying to like and oh. Luis Guzman. Fuck yeah. This came out on the 16th of May 2016. That's nice. That's a nice number. 160516. Was made on a budget of 40 million dollars. That's quite conservative, really. Yeah. I, they've definitely gotten cheaper with Netflix. Mm. I don't know uh, what the reason is. I'm curious if there is one. So again, not as it's a Netflix movie, doesn't uh, doesn't have a box office number. But it, if you did go to the cinema the weekend this opened, you could have seen uh, at number one at the box the US box office, Captain America: Civil War in its second week. Okay. Uh, the Jungle Book at number two in its fifth week. Uh, yeah, I like the Jungle Book. Yeah, but fuck it, man. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, at number three, you got Money Monster in its opening week. What's that you one again? Money Monster. Um, Jodie Foster directs as George Clooney plays like um, the guy who like has the financial TV show who gets taken hostage by um, what's his name from Skins, Jack O'Connell. Oh, Jack O'Connell. Okay, <laughs> I was like, yeah. what? Sid? <laughs> That'd be um, later Skins, second Skins. Oh, okay, um, latter day Skins. Latter-day Skins. Um, at number four, you've got The Darkness in its opening weekend. Don't know what that is. I've never heard of Darkness. <laughs> Apparently it's a um, uh, a Bloomhouse film. Oh, it's really growing on me. I believe in a thing called love. And at number five in its third week, you've got Mother's Day. Is that another? Is that one kind of like Valentine's Day? Yes, it's the same director and it's the same sort of premise. Classic. Um, which means you've got two Julia Roberts movies in the top five, because she's also in Money Monster. Ooh, a resurgence. And, of course, in 2016, you could see any type of comedy other than the do-over, such as Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. You know what? Um, like that film. I didn't. <laughs> um, Central Intelligence. You know what? I haven't seen that film. That film has, like, my favourite tagline for a film. What is it? Because it stars... Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart, and it's uh, to save the world, you need a big Johnson and a little heart. <laughs> That's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's That's pretty, pretty good. It's pretty good. Whoever, whoever cracked that. I'm kind of amazed they were able to get that through. Oh, absolutely. Um, the Brothers Grimsby was also out. Love that. I feel like you could do a triple bill of Central Intelligence, the Brothers Grimsby, and the Do Over, and want to kill yourself. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I've never God. seen The Brothers Grimsby. Have you not? I think you'd no. love it. I don't think I would. I don't think you would either, but, you know. If... There was also um, Keanu. I remember that, yeah. Um, Didn't see. And uh, poignant for today, as uh, the uh, trailer for... 
I don't know what you'd call it, like Dune. the reboot call came out. Is uh, the reboot uh, call the 2016 Ghostbusters movie was also out in? Oh, nice. Um, yes. Did you watch the trailer for the new Ghostbusters movie? No, because I don't give a shit about it. Um, it's a bold move to uh, make a comedy with no jokes. So, you know. Good, good for them. Uh, um, and this has got a Rotten Tomato score of 9%. Which, you know what? I'm on board with. Yeah, I know you are. But I think I probably... Well, I don't know. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk. I'm going yeah, to come right, right out and say it. I, I think this is a really bad movie. Do you? I think this is a really bad movie. And I also think it's a really insulting movie. Yeah. Um, yep, yep, yep. Uh, to many people. Yeah. Um, sp- specifically, um, people suffering from cancer. <laughs> <laughs> it's so insane! I completely forgot about what the actual plot of this film is. Because, like, it comes out of fucking nowhere, right? I, I feel like we've got to build to it, almost. Yeah. Because I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. when the trailer for this hit. No. Both you and I, I remember, we watched the trailer, and we were both like, this looks pretty good. <laughs> that does ring a bell, actually, of, of getting I remember us both being like, maybe this is like... Like, the Ridiculous Six was like the, the sort of wonky start. Yeah. But the do-over might be... Because I think we liked the idea that Sandler was, like, doing sort of action kind of stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I remember that. I remember this this vague feeling now. And it had, like, a weird plot. They were like, alright, yeah, that's... That's Like, fun. they're going to fake their own death, and then they go on the run. And then they take out... They take over the wrong people's lives. And there's, yeah. like, a mix in... Mix up. There's Josh, a bit of espionage. There is, I mean, the simple way to sum up what is wrong with this movie is there's far too much plot. I know. I know. There's far too much plot, and it changes every five minutes. <laughs> it, like, like every five minutes, there's a twist. There's a new development. Everyone is being double crossed, and you know what? So many of the twists are insignificant. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me one insignificant twist. I dare you. Uh, wh- All right. Why, why does why does Sandler's character say he has like three different jobs? <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good point. I don't why know. Is, like he goes from FBI agent, yeah. to coroner, to guidance counselor. Yeah. Do we ever land on what he is? Yeah, he's a guidance counselor, and I don't even remember the bit where he admits he's a guidance counselor. I only know it because they reference it later in the movie, and I was like, I thought he was a coroner. But how does he, how does he know how to gun? That is never explained. <laughs> okay. Of all the twists in the movie, that one is never <laughs> commented on. This is one of the most important ones that he can gun, right? So, so the twist. Is, so yeah, it's, the initial twist is that they, that Max, who is played by Adam Sandler, takes his friend Charlie out on a boat. And then blows up the boat. That's a twist, I guess. Twist. I mean, it's not really. It's just the plot. It's in the, it's um, in the trailer. But it is, a, in the trailer. it is a twist if you come into and, it without watching. Yeah, if you come into it without watching, you might think you're watching a different movie. Um, yeah. Then it's a twist that he's told Charlie that he's an FBI agent. He's not. He's not. Um, then he's uh, 
and he's, he says he's a coroner because he's found these cadavers <laughs> that, that they're going to replace, which again makes no fucking sense. If their cadavers have taken, been taken into the morgue, this question's going to be asked this question, already. Well, no, well, he said, I don't think it's as easy for a coroner to steal bodies as that. Well, not whole. <clears throat> but they don't need to be whole, um, do they? I guess not. Um... I guess maybe this is a perfect fire. film. But there is the main problem. <laughs> there is the main problem that, you know... That it's a bad film. Yeah, no, that is the main problem. If they've been on a boat fire explosion, they're going to need to check their dental records, and then they'll be like, oh, it's those two other random guys. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no, it's not a good movie. Um, unless they've been on a boat fire and they can't find the bodies. But then why do they need the fucking bodies? I don't know, Anyway. Josh. Tell me, um, Jack, you defending this film. Then, th- yeah, after some bad men come after them, yeah. apparently Max then admits that he's not a coroner, but actually a guidance counsellor. <laughs> yeah. For reasons that aren't really apparent. No. Um, I th- So I must have, like, blacked out for, like, a good ten minutes, because I don't remember that. And I also don't remember them flying back to the US. When does that happen? So they go to Puerto Rico. Yes. And then apparently after like they after like Michael Chiklis gets shot in the knees, yeah. um, they go back to the US and that's where they meet uh, Paula Patton. Paul Patton yeah. I don't remember that. I thought this whole thing was in Puerto Rico, and then I was like, it's very coincidental that Adam Sandler's mum's character lives in Puerto Rico as well. That's actually a really good point because I too don't remember how they got back. So maybe it's just like never explained. According to Wikipedia, they return to the continental US to find Ronald's widow. It doesn't say how. It doesn't say how. I don't remember. If that, is there a scene where they do it? I don't think so. Because oh my god! Because then you would so have to shit. have conversations about like they'd have to have like fake passport, but they have fake passports. Well, they do right? have fake passports. Yeah, so they're yeah. fine. Okay. <laughs> um, the next twist is that um, uh, they find out that. One of the people they have stolen the life of has is a cancer doctor. Yep. And the other person had cancer and was robbing banks. And they also find out that they were a gay couple. The people that whose lives they've stolen. Yes. Which of course leads to fun gay panic in this movie. It's true. It does. Um, well, no, there's other gay panic before that. I mean, there's a lot of gay panic in this movie. <laughs> uh, it is then another twist in that um, <laughs> that Sandler's character was one of the cancer patients and he knew these people. Yeah. And there's another twist that the woman who's been chasing Sandler throughout the movie, who he says was his ex, is actually his wife. His bloody wife. Oh my god, Josh, this is so shit. <laughs> like, you can't just make a movie based on twist after twist after twist because guess what? It's not interesting because each one is less shocking than the last. Guess what? Someone else is doing it. It's M. Night Shyamalan, he's old. No, because M. Night Shyamalan just has one twist. Drop the one. Just old. <laughs> old. Old. Um, uh, and then yeah. finally, you've also got the twist that uh, Paula, Patton. Paula Patton's character is actually the villain. Crazy. And, and guess what? what? I'm their leader. <laughs> it was a big <laughs> that moment, right? Yeah, oh, it's such. It's. Uh, fucking. I feel so bad for the women in this movie. There's one bit specifically that I feel extremely horrible about. Which one? So, I think this film has one of the most 
overtly misogynistic moments in it that we've ever watched. I would say. Like, the, the Paul Blackmore Cop 2 one, I hold up as being quite bad. I've written down, uh, this movie is fucking gross, the way it treats women especially, but I don't think I've specified what, and I think I've blocked it out of my mind. Right, so the bit I'm talking about, I mean, there is a lot of shit all the way through. But, like, you know, Adam Sandler, like, dodging his wife, who's just, like, upset for him because he's gone insane. And has cancer, and is dying. Yeah, that, all that. Um... David Spade with his Paula Patton stuff. The way he, like, is all very bad. But the main The way bit... Paula Patton's character is written, and they know she's technically undercover trying to seduce Spade, but, like, she is such a badly written female character, it hurts. Mm-hmm. But wait, she's the leader. Yes, you've made this joke. It's funnier every time. <laughs> it's funnier every time you do it. It's a twist. Every time I say it, it's a twist. Carry on. The major bit, right, is towards the end when Paula Patton has revealed herself to Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler is currently getting tortured by the big German man who can only From, uh, who can only interact who can only interact with Adam Sandler when his character has cancer. That is the rule. <laughs> Uh, not entirely true, because he's also induced Bigelow. He's, in, yeah, he's induced Bigelow. Bigelow, but they and don't. Adam Sandler's character yells at. Oh, says so yeah, it's a huge bitch. Yeah, but we don't know that character doesn't have cancer. We don't. We don't. But we don't so, know that he does either. All I'll say is there has been zero percent times that those two actors have interacted where we d- didn't know <laughs> that they didn't have cancer. Go on. Right? Um, is either sixty six percent or whatever that sentence was? Yeah, you know, it's like it's unbeaten. I was, gl- I was, I was glad to see this guy back, Torsten Vogt, until he um started doing the gay panic kind of stuff. Oh yeah, no, that's extremely bad. Yes, but I liked it when he. I thought like, I mean, he's a pretty good kind of casting for bad guy tracking you down. Yeah, um, like he feels like in the Die Hard mold. I like the idea that he was a gymnast who got too tall, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's great. But the bit I'm talking about specifically, after that, Paula Patton calls up David Spade and is like, meet me here, you need to bring the iPad that has the secret cure for cancer on it! <sighs> and, <laughs> and then they meet. And then David Spade sort of works out that she's evil. And then what he yeah. does is he delivers a speech... That is something along the lines of, I'm so tired of women lying to me and fucking me over while beating a woman up. Yep. Which is just, it's just like the incel mantra, right? It's just like, like... I mean, this this is a film that I genuinely think does hate women. Mm. Like, outside of Catherine Hahn, who is a pretty odd character anyway... Mm. Like, every woman in this is like a liar and a cheater and... Like, even the woman, like, David Spade gets with is, like, cheating on her husband with Spade. And Louise Guzman. Louise Guzman. I'm sure fucking Jackie Sandler's up to no good. Well, she Um, was going to be, but she fell asleep. Yeah, that's right. And, like, I was really sad, because I think um, uh, Natasha Leggero, who plays... um, Spade's wife at the beginning of the film. Yeah. She is such a funny comedian. Like, 
her stand-up is so good. She seemed extremely familiar, but I couldn't place her. She's popped up in like a lot of sitcoms and stuff like that. Mm. Um, I think she's so good. And uh, just it's a shame to see her sort of like reduced to whatever she is in this movie. Yeah, just Though I'm sure you were happy to see the return of Sean Astin. <laughs> That's my first note. Thank fuck Sean Astin's here. My first note is Natasha Legero is in this. Yeah. Um, so actually let's talk about that opening scene. Mm. Um what the how why does this film start like fifteen minutes into the film? What do you mean? What? This film feels like it starts in the middle of the movie. Oh yeah, what? Like it's just what is it? It's, it's like spades at the, at the reunion. It's, it's right? the at the reunion. If so many of these silent movies have that flashback to school, yeah, or flashback to being. Oh, you find it weird if they're starting where the story no, should this, start. No, this one, this one is the one that needs. It. <laughs> this one is the one where we needed to see these characters in high school to sort of get a feeling of what it's like to then see them later, instead of just fucking Spade monologuing about how shit his life is. You need to see Spade being working in that shitty bank for all those years, rather than just him being like, yeah, I've, I'm working at the same place. It's, That's true. It's all, and you could have like, some I know, jokes there. I know they you love... Good. But you could. I, I know you love um, Tell Don't Show. Yeah, you, uh, I do. Yeah, recently. this was perfect for me. Um, but this is like... Literally, they didn't want to. The fact that it just starts at the high school reunion and then, like, fucking Charlie shows up. If we'd seen Charlie, I mean, not Charlie, if Max shows up, if we'd seen Max, like, as a teen. Yeah. And then he showed up and we saw him, like, as an FBI agent. It would have impact. It would have impact. You'd, you'd, you'd understand that relationship more. Instead, it's just like, he's like, oh, I haven't seen you for years. And you're like, but, I yeah. guess. Let me draw a parallel. <laughs> Let me draw a parallel. Another film yeah. that does this without flashbacks. Similar premise for the first 15 minutes. One of our faves. It's Gross Point Blank. I knew you were going to say Gross Point <laughs> You but never get a flashback. Point Bl- the p- point of Gross Point Blank is that that whole movie is uh, is recounting that and him encountering people from the past yeah like that is how the whole that's what the whole movie is structured around yeah yeah, yeah. this movie is not structured around that there's this movie is then structured around a ludicrous plot where we're stuck with these two characters who all we're introduced to is just what they've told us of them yeah but you know like all your re- all the i'm hearing right of all i'm Sandler's hearing character would be so much more interesting if we'd actually seen who he was before we were just introduced into him in this world mm. of twisty turniness. Mm. Yeah, but all I'm hearing there is that you're saying that it took Gross Point Blank two hours to do what the do-over could do pretty effectively in 15 minutes. Not as effectively! I don't know, I don't know where Not I said pretty effectively. effectively. <laughs> I don't think it's effective in any way. I think, like... I also think like it's fucking... These, also, these two actors are too fucking old for these roles. Like, yeah. like, what is it? It's like their twenty fifth high school reunion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so fucking old. Because I think, yeah, and, GPB is ten years, right? Yeah, because he screams yeah, ten, ten years year. yeah. over and over again. Ten years. Ten years. Yeah. Ten. Ten. It's great. Twenty five. There's too much life. 
Also, Natasha Leggero is way younger than like, both of them. Obviously. <laughs> and she's supposed to be the exact same age. Yeah, I mean, what, what do you expect? She's ten years younger than David Fuck Spade. off! <laughs> and Sean Astin is five years younger. He looks um, good in this. He looks like he's having I a fun time. I didn't recognise him at first. No, it took a second, but, you know. Mm. Who's got the worst wig, him or David Spade? You think that's a wig on Spade? Absolutely. <laughs> but he's got that beautiful head of hair. Yeah, but I think it's a normal person wig, you know? <laughs> I don't think that's his normal hair. I think he has hair that looks like that, but I just don't think he's wearing it that day, you know? I don't... The fucking Aston has the worst <laughs> wig. It's a stupid wig. Yeah, fine. Is this, like, the best performance we've seen him give? Who? David Spade. You know what? I would say yes. I would agree. It, like, he... And, you know... <laughs> this is also just to go to say, like, his other... Perf- I mean, maybe, like, Grown Ups too. Yeah. Um, but, like, uh um... But that's not really... He's not really, like... He doesn't have that much to do when he's just, you know... Think- he's got a son. He's got a son. But he doesn't, like, have a character. He's just, like, playing David Spade. Where in this, yeah. it is, like, he is playing... What was the film we were talking about where it was, like, he was playing a nice-ish guy? And it, was it just Joe Dirt? It's Joe Dirt. Joe Dirt is the one where they were like, wow, what a change-up for David Spade. Mm. And that's weird, because, you like, he's still, like, dead-eyed in that. He's just being nice. Whereas this, you kind of, like, you do kind of feel some sort of empathy towards his character if when he's not being a fucking terrible misogynist type it of might hope. just be that he's like playing a real character it might be that like like he's a re- he not the, like the people in this are real people no but like um he's more realistic than dirt or dicky roberts yeah um, yeah i mean i still think his best performance is tommy boy a movie that we should watch and do on this show no, it's not counted. Um, it, we'll never watch it. So it's so good. We'll never watch it. You will watch no. it. You'll love it. No. You will fucking laugh your ass no. off. You'll hate it. Yeah. <laughs> There's also a moment in this movie with Spade. Oh, I, I one of my notes was again the scenes with just Spade at the bank and at home should have opened this movie. Like just the fact that we open on that high school reunion just really rubbed me the wrong way mm. it dropped me far too much into the film and had too much explanation of david spade's life that i was just like i don't care if you're just gonna tell me all this shit tell don't show it pays off does not, not in this case <laughs> but... just never never works <laughs> <laughs> um and then also like suddenly out of nowhere some like David Spade narration comes into this movie. Weren't you happy though? Some more Spade no. chat. It's really it's it's a really poorly made movie. Mm. A movie which lasts for a hundred minutes and feels like it's two hours. It does feel extremely long. But that that's because they've got so much plot in it. Yeah, because they fucking crammed it to pieces with plot and exposition. Yeah. That's nice though. It's not <laughs> It's you never have bad. to think. You never have to think. You just no. It's all you have to do no. because you have to think along with the fucking movie. Like <laughs> you can never just sit there and watch it. 
because you've just got to keep up with what it's telling you. It's so shit, Josh. Yeah, but you don't have enough time to think about what it means. You just watch it and you go like, oh, great, now he's, he's going out for a beer with his friend. Oh, look, there's a big box of Bud Light. Oh, no, the boat is blown up. There's so um, much product placement no, oh, there's in more, this movie. There's some more product placement. What is it this time? Is something else. Is I think Kraft Mac and Cheese shows up. Kraft Mac and Cheese. There's a really blatant one. Oh, the Nike shoes one. Yeah, the Nike shoes one. It's insane. I saw someone on Letterbox call out the biggest joke in this movie is that Sandler says he doesn't know anyone at Nike. Yeah. <laughs> you like that? I do. I like it. It's good. <laughs> it's fun it and you just you just let it go along you just let it go along and you go oh look now sandler's having sex with a sex doll oh look now he's telling his grandma that he's dead (laughs) what about what about the shots where um when spade realizes that sandler has cancer and then it does like flashbacks to earlier in the movie where it's the son saying, Oh, I need to sit down. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Great, great storytelling, huh? Yeah, yeah, no, it's really good. You know what's you know what else is good? What else is good? Nearly crying at that scene. Did you really? Nearly cry yeah. Was on the edge. <sighs> was it was re- like if I'd just been a little bit more hungover, I would have tipped over. Mate. Mate, this is fucking <laughs> the, fact, the fact that you like last week you like were so disdainful of me finding moments in the ridiculous sex funny <laughs> like the fact that you would cry at this piece of shit he's got cancer oh you wouldn't cry you wouldn't cry for cancer not in this world where there's a cure <laughs> But they don't know there's a cure yet. No, they do. No, they're going. They do because that's what they're looking for. And then he goes, "Oh, it works." works. They haven't got it. They don't know. But they don't know where the cure is. They don't know where the cure is. Guess what? Guess what, Josh? I know this movie. I know they're going to find. I I hate so much that this is a film with a cure for cancer. I really hate it. I think like it's so like like disrespectful to like what is what's the fucking whose idea was this you know what this movie wants to be Mm, seven pounds no (laughs) (laughs) this movie wants to be midnight run um i'm not familiar i know the name i've i've gone for a run latest at around 9 (laughs) p.m midnight run is a comedy action movie from Martin mm. Brest, who directed Beverly Hills Cop, um, mm. stars Robert De Niro and mm. Charles Grodin. Mm. De Niro plays a sort of bail bondsman uh, chasing down Charles Grodin, who's uh, jumped his bail. Mm. And they're paired together, and you find out, like, the reason Grodin has jumped his bail is actually part of, like, he's trying to take down, like, a conspiracy. Right. Um, right. It works. Oh, I it see. works. I see. Yeah, yeah. So it works ridiculously well. <laughs> Never at any point in it, it's is it like, and the reason that <laughs> the reason Grodin is on the run is because he's got the cure for cancer. <laughs> like, <laughs> like imagine if he did. Imagine how much better that film would be. You, you, you would ju- just you sit there and you think this is an awful comedy about the cure for cancer yeah why did we spend so long of like spade trying to fuck um paula Patton. put M- M- michael chick oh michael chick wife. wife 
and then Paula Patton when this is a movie that has the cure for cancer in it. Everything seems so insignificant when that comes along. Yeah, but that's how life is, though, isn't it? Why is Spade involved in fucking Sandler's plan? There is a re- they say there's a reason, but I can't remember what it like, is. Because he, like, wants to give him a new life. Is that the... No, there's another reason. Isn't there? I can't remember what. Catherine Hahn says it. I think she's like, oh yeah, you, he wanted to give you a new... He saw how unhappy your life was and wanted to give you a new one. It can't be that. It must be something else. There must be something else, but maybe not. I also want to say, I don't think there is a single likeable character in this movie. Um, uh, I like Louise Guzman. Alright, character. Yeah, but like, what's wrong with his character? <laughs> Nothing. He's just, he's just not in it much. No, he's not in it, but he's not... He's not unlikable do you really like him i think he's fun i i prefer his um his understudy what (laughs) whoever it is who gets the close-up ball shot the guy who's just like taking notes what the guy who's just taking the guy who he's like he because luis guzman plays the shooter guy at the club and then Mm. he's got like the underling who yeah who is that that's played by someone right i don't know I feel like it was, but I can't remember who. He was alright. Oh, I thought you meant his ball double. No. No, just the guy who, like, during the scene when his balls are out. Also, just another really horrible scene. He's taking notes. Full of gay panic. Yeah. Um, the guy's just taking notes in the back of the room on basically how to have sex with these people. It's kind of yes, funny. Yes, yes, That's yes, probably the best joke in the movie. It's good stuff. I only have one laugh. I, I have no laughs. Oh, do you not? I have one. Do you want to hear it? I wanted this movie to be over. <laughs> do I hear my one laugh? Or do you want to guess what it is? Sorry, another product placement. Did we mention Corona or Bud Light? Bud Light so far. Okay, so Corona is also heavily featured in this movie. Mm-hmm. Good. Uh, what's your laugh? Uh, do you want to try and guess what it is? Or, well, you know the no, things I like. I, I don't, uh, someone fall down at some point? <laughs> Does someone fall down? It's similar. It's similar. It is. Uh, it's the moment where. Is it when Catherine Hahn jumps on Paula Patton no, in slow motion? No, it's not that. I see you laughing your head off at that. Yeah, I, I love that. No, it's um, it's after the tall guy has attacked them at the swimming pool in Puerto Rico, and um, Michael Chiklis has been shot and he falls into the swimming pool. And then all the danger's gone, and it's like David Spade and Adam Sandler are like, "Whoa, what the fuck is going on?" And then Michael Chiklis just like jumps out of the water, screaming, mm-hmm. just like, Aah! and then Sandler. How did you think I'd be able to guess this? <laughs> because I like people screaming, and I like physical violence. So I don't even remember this. <laughs> he jumps out, he's screaming, and he's got a shot leg. And then San, and then David Spade's like, "What do we do about him?" And Sandler just shoots him in the leg, and he falls back into the into the swimming pool. Based on this, I wonder if we have the same MVP. <laughs> oh fuck! I didn't even write one. <laughs> like, I'm I'm seriously like, do you have anything else to say about this film? Because all I have is just like, it's shit. It's like, it's shit. It's You've just been talking up for like the past twenty minutes. No, I mean, obviously all that's bullshit. You love it. Obviously all that's bullshit. No, no I don't I, you love compared it. it to one of my favorite films. So, like, you must be a big fan of this. What one. I compare it to? Oh, gross point blank. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I do love this. 
I, I can only imagine this is your favourite of the Netflix run. Um, no, we know what my favourite is. We'll get there. But I will say, I think this is the closest I've seen Sandler to acting in a while. In a while. In a while. Sure. Not not overall, but in a few but films. At the same time, mm. wildly miscast. Do you think? <laughs> I do. Do you think it would be good if you not swap them? You could swap them. No. Oh. I think I think honestly, I think you need an action star in the Adam Sandler role and a comedian in the David Spade. Are you just pitching Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart. Which actually is the same plot as this. Is it? <laughs> Do they also cure cancer? No, but they went to they they went to high school together. Mm. And they meet that like I think the climax of the film is like at a high school reunion. Like Grace Point Blank. And like they're like people who haven't the difference in um central intelligence is that at high school Dwayne Johnson was the nerd and Kevin Hart was the jock. Right, yes, 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 yes. That's very good. So it's like a reversal of fortune. Everyone remembers the trailer for Central Intelligence because it reveals that um, The Rock was overweight in high school. That's good. Do they do it with a with a fat suit? I believe they do. That or CGI. Oh, good. Good stuff. Good, good stuff. Uh... And Kevin Hart was the only one who was nice to him. And then he becomes a secret agent and enlists um kevin hart, kevin hart on the uh mission but sometimes you think the sometimes you think the mission is real and sometimes it's not um so uh it's kind of similar to this movie yeah again but far better cast yeah which did it better central intelligence does it better a because it doesn't <laughs> have the cure for cancer cancer in the plot line yeah and b because like yeah i just i think and again, I, I said it earlier. They're too old. Um, yeah. They just they just don't like feel right in this movie. Like when they're at the club, like it just feels off. It does feel off. Like, how, how old? Like how old is Sandler in this? Like forty-eight, right? The character or the actor? I'd say the actor. I don't know how old he is now. Fifty something. He would have been. He would have been fifty. When he made this, fifty or forty-nine, yeah, mm. yeah, that's far too old to be playing this character. Yeah, but as he says in the film, he always says he's ten years older. That doesn't help <laughs> the argument. So maybe it's the opposite. I hated that as well. This weird idea that that will charm women. <laughs> what by saying you're incredibly old? Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't yeah there's know, a lot like, of like game shit in this, in there. I, I who could you put in this? Like, I don't know, fucking Dave Dave Batista and Kumail Nanjiani, <laughs> the stars of Stuba. That could, that could, yeah, it just needs people who feel like they could actually be in these situations. Like, I don't know. When I saw them like running around with a gun, I was just like, it doesn't work for me. No. How old is Paula Patton compared to them? Oh, that no, can't. Paula Patton's ten out. years younger as well. Oh, not as bad as I thought. She can do so much better than this movie. Yeah. Well, 
Lots of people can. Louise Guzman can. Catherine Hahn Sean definitely Astin can. should be able to. Natasha Leger. Catherine Hahn 100% can. Oh, I love Catherine Hahn. It took me too long to realise that's who it was. But, I mean, she is under... Yeah, I didn't hiding. know it was her until, like, when she gets revealed. Yeah. I'm looking at what she was in around this time. Because this is... Is this her... This is her only... Um, Sandry. So... This is the same year she does Bad Mums. I fucking love Bad Mums. She does come back for Hotel Transylvania free. Yeah, but that doesn't count, does it? Um, do you love Bad Mums? I remember loving Bad Mums. Mm. Well, not loving, but enjoying. Mm, you said loving. I say I love <laughs> most things. <laughs> I love the cure for cancer. I'd love a cure for cancer. I've, I've had one. several friends and family members struggle through cancer. Mm. And to watch this just be like, the cure for cancer is shoved up David Spade's butt. Um, yeah, it's good stuff. I think that Catherine Hahn was at a point in her career just before I think she properly blew up. She's still doing sort of like small supporting roles. Like the year before, she was in my beloved Tomorrowland. Is she in Tomorrowland? Yeah, she, her and um, Keegan Michael Key are like people who own that uh, comic book store yes. that has all the Brad Bird memorabilia. Yes, yes, I remember that now. <laughs> she's great. Yeah, she's in a lot of weird um, stuff. She is. The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Remember that? She plays uh, Walter Mitty's sister. That's nice. Everyone is, but she's great in Step Brothers. Yeah, obviously. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. Um, fuck it. Will Ferrell and John C. Riley Far funnier m- movie than this one would be. Yeah. I can see that. Either one in either role. Mm. You take the... What is it? The Good Boy... No, it's not called The Good Boys. The Other Guys... Yeah. Do that dynamic as Mark, well. Mark Wahlberg and... Yeah. yeah. Mark Wahlberg would have actually been really funny in this, I think, because mm. he's someone who plays crazy very nicely. I think so. Mark Wahlberg and Seth MacFarlane. Get your boys from Ted back no, together. <laughs> don't want that. No more films with them in together. Do you remember when Seth MacFarlane did his Australian accent for... Or was it an English accent for Logan Lucky? I haven't seen Logan Lucky. Oh, that's good. Can't wait to watch it. What if you get, right, Joaquin, right, together again, Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix and Mel Gibson. And Russell Crowe. What, from... <laughs> in this together again from, from Gladiator. I mean, I guess the, the I was thought more, because again, they have their film, well, Russell Crowe has his film that year, The Nice Guys is in 2016 as oh, well. Oh, yeah! Him and Ryan Gosling, so Ryan Gosling and him definitely didn't go to school at the same time. No, that doesn't make any sense. What about, alright, another one. Just making brothers. Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer. You just want to reunite Shane White <laughs> yeah, stars. What about Bruce Willis and Damon Wayans? Also great. Actually, that would that work. That would work! That's it. I just think, yeah, Sandler seems a lot more alive in this movie. 100%. He even has tears in his eyes at one point. Like, not just like but... misty, not just like dead eyes, but like, he do, he's doing things. But did you think that you could see him in this role. No! <laughs> oh, what, like, that I could see Adam Sandler? Or did you think, like, he was, like, despite the fact that he was awake for it, was he actually mm. a good person to cast in this role? No, not really. Because he... Because he is, he is alive, but he just doesn't... Like, you just... You don't care. 
<laughs> there's no caring at any point in this film about anything he's going through you know yep but there's nothing That's... tying him apart, like like and also when you when there is the reveal of like oh he's got cancer he just wants to get the cure and it's like he he also, I didn't understand. He like, at one his point, wife you find child. Yeah, that's weird as fuck. And then, like, there's this weird thing where, like, he Kevin James, no, not Kevin James, David Spade <laughs> finds out that um, it might, it's, you know, what Kevin James probably could have played that right. Yeah, put Kevin James in there. <laughs> Kevin James would have been better. Eddie Murphy could have done this. Yeah. In the end, I don't think this one can be saved by anything. Mm. But a better cast certainly wouldn't help. It wouldn't hurt. What have you changed it? And it was like instead, it was like a cure for like a cure for like um, hemorrhoids. Honestly, it just needs to be a cure for like a fucking fictional disease. Oh, like um, what is it in Mission Impossible Two? Chimera, Beletta Fon. Uh, stick it to the mandiosis. Yeah, also good. <laughs> What's that from? Um, that School of Rock. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> They're all dying. They've all got stick it to the mandiosis. <laughs> <laughs> Also good. Good movie. Good movie. Jack Black again. Jack Black can would do have it. Been great in the David Spade role. Yeah. Would have been Jack Black and James Marsden did that weird film that year where um where they accidentally have uh sex. What? <laughs> that movie called The D Train where Jack Black and James Marsden like have a drunken one night stand together and then are embarrassed by it. What um, is this film? It's called The D Train or in the UK I believe it's called Bad Bromance. <laughs> what is yeah but like what he, uh, it's them sort of like dealing with I believe Catherine Hahn is in it as well um, but like but like if you if this film was Jack Black and James Marsden yeah would have been fun also another film about a fucking high school reunion yeah it is looking at it it doesn't say anything about them fucking each other no they kept it so fucking hidden in all the marketing and all the plot descriptions but that is what the film was about but then but what's the like is it homophobic i think it's more like how they deal with it afterwards because okay. they both like got their own lives and i think from what i remember i think jack black develops feelings for james Marsden. oh it's a weird movie it's kind of not great but kind of worth a watch at the same time mm. This is um this is a weird one as well in that it's one of the few Sandler stars of the era that's not written by Sandler. Is it not? No, it's written by Kevin Barnett mm. and Chris Pappas. Who are these people? Well, they go on to write, uh, I believe, The Wrong Missy together, ah. which is a movie we'll be covering soon. I believe this is the first one we they'd written together. They wrote on a TV series called Unhitched, which I believe was produced by the Farrelly brothers. And one of them has a screenwriting credit on Hall Pass and the Heartbreak Kid, which are both Farrelly Brothers movies. Mm. Some of the worst Farrelly Brother movies. Mm. Um, uh, I feel like I've seen Hall Pass. Hall Pass is pretty bad. Yeah. It's got my boy, though, in it, though. Ted Lasso. Yeah. He's there. One of, the, I think, the main reasons for a while I didn't want to watch Ted Lasso is because I was like, fucking Jason Sudeikis in Hall Pass. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, he's changed, um, he's a changed man. No, he, yeah. Have you watched the new Ted Lasso yet? Yeah, fucking love I've watched it twice. I haven't yet, because I'm kind of waiting to build up more episodes. No, I'm going to watch it. We, well, you saw me and um, 
friend of the podcast, former guest Phil Iscove, we were having this just discussion. Because I really wanted to marathon it, obviously, because I yeah. had a week off last week and I just marathoned the first series. But he made a good argument for, like, piecing it out, you know? Having something to look forward to. I'm watching Schmigadoon weekly. I knew so. you'd be watching. It keeps advertising Schmigadoon to me. And I'm like, yeah, that, is, a good show. that is Jack's show. It is. <laughs> I think I tweeted when it was on that I was like, I love this show. It's like been written entirely for no. me. <laughs> oh, I didn't see that. That's true. Um, and cast exactly for yeah. me. Yeah. And directed by Barry Sonnenfeld. You love who Barry used to be a good director. And now is... Well, he doesn't direct good movies, but he directs fun TV now. What's the last good film he directed, in your opinion? I mean, it depends. Like, Men in Black 3 is fine. Oh. Like, what, he did fucking Nine Lives with Kevin Spacey Oh, that's the cat cat one. Yeah. Mm. Um, Funny movie. He did that movie where Robin Williams gets an RV called RV. Got a good poster. Jojo is his daughter. (gasps) (laughs) Songstress Jojo. Why did I not know about this film? I love this film. (laughs) I could have told her Um, that I loved it, but you know, it's just too little too late. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> Come on. Probably Sonnenfeld's last best movie was probably The First Men in Black. Yeah, I mean, I like well, Wild Like, Wild the West. run of... I mean, you don't, though, really. But I do. It's fun. <laughs> the run of um, Adam's Family, Adam's Family Values, Get Shorty, and Men in Black. That's four really good movies. It's three pretty good. You're missing the the weird one in the middle, but I don't know what that is. Oh, is the like the Michael J. Fox yeah. one? Is like for the love of for something. love or money? For love of money yeah, or money that one doesn't really exist. That one doesn't really exist. No. It's got Bob Balaban <laughs> um, in it. It's got Michael J. Fox in it. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Barry Sonnenfeld directs Schmigadoon, and he also directed like Pushing Daisies, which was a fun show. Oh, I didn't know he did that. And some of the episodes of Lemmy Snicket's A Series of Unfortunate Events on uh, Netflix, nice. which I thought was really fun. Yeah, yeah he's, his TV stuff is much better than his film stuff now. He's one of the few like TV directors I, I notice, at least, who feels like he's got a real identity as a TV director. Mm. More so than as a film director now. Mm. But whatever. <laughs> uh, we're talking about the do-over. Don't, we don't um, want to be, though. No, I guess I don't have much else to say about it. I re- yeah, I really didn't like it. Yeah, like I don't like... I think uh, Matt Walsh was a nice surprise as well. Yeah, he was kind of fun. Matt Walsh, not uh, awful Matt Walsh. Not the racist one. Who pops up on our Twitter feed a lot. Yeah, different guy. But yeah, uh, but Matt Walsh from Second City and uh, Veep. Oh, one thing I did. <laughs> he, he's probably the funniest person in this, actually, Matt Walsh. Do you think? Yeah. I mean, maybe. He's kind of a fun presence. Yeah, but he's just, if I remember correctly, it's just like, he is just like an effeminate man, right? That's like his whole joke. Yeah. It's not fun. He's got, he's got a fun accent. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> I suppose he's got a fun accent. Do you think Michael um, Chiklis is the I, funniest I person in this movie? No, I don't think anyone is the funniest person. I got annoyed. I have, I have a bec- funny person in this movie. Do you? I yeah, don't think I do. Big, big. I see. I don't know if they're that funny in this movie, mm. but 
They're better than we've seen them before. Um, actually, yeah, I will. I'll, I'll save. What you can probably work it out from who I'm. What I'm saying. Yeah, I think. Yeah, LVP. Who will I say? We haven't done. <laughs> we've not got that. No, I know. I'm just writing it down <laughs> because oh, I okay. was going to say something, and then I thought it would actually come into my MVP LVP. Okay. Um, uh, do you have anything more to say on the movie? <sighs> do you like the scene with uh, all of Sandler's daughters? <laughs> I did notice it. I didn't like it, but I noticed it. Yeah, they're, they're really showing up in these ones. Nothing. It's basically just me saying how much I hate everyone who shows up on screen. Oh, is this the first time Sandler has smoked weed on screen? I know he doesn't smoke it on screen, but like, he gives um, David Spade like a job. Definitely, like in a Happy Madison movie. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. I mean, he specifically says he doesn't smoke it in this. That's um, true. But he definitely gets high in um, Billy Madison. It's never shown. <laughs> it's never shown in this one either. Yeah, but he he hand like he physically has a, a jazz cigarette. He has a joint in this film. Like he's holding it. Yeah, and then says he doesn't smoke. Yeah, but he's it. hold like I've never seen him hold a drug before. You know. Uh, does he have a joint at all in That's My Boy? I don't think so, you know. I don't think he even... The only other one I Maybe. think he could have done it. In. Oh, he could do. I thought he just drank, he just goes around drinking. That's, does he get... St- I feel like he might get stoned in that movie or get, like, pot or something. Mm. Like, with know. vanilla ice. Oh, maybe. One of my notes is that the best acting in the movie is know. Paula Patton laughing at David Spade's joke about having a telephone pole through his dick. <laughs> The idea that Paula Pan would actually find that funny. But then, of course, it's a twist. It is a twist. So can... it does play into character. And, yeah. <laughs> My last note from this movie was just, this film is fucking horrible. Yeah, I, I would agree. Uh, my last is Spade and Sandler jumping off a high rock into water again, just like in Grown Ups 2. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um... <laughs> this movie has, like, so many, like, location changes as well. Like, it's all over the place. And oh yeah, I forgot to like we I was about to mention earlier. There's the scenes where David Spade and Adam Sandler split up. Mm. And there's this weird, David Spade has found out that Adam Sandler has cancer. And yet there's this weird thing that he thinks that Sandler is trying to get the cure for money. The cure for Oh right, I see. <laughs> Cuz we all need a cure, cure for money. Oh, I've got a cure for money. It's called a spending habit. That's different. Um, uh yeah, uh, he th- yeah, yeah. He thinks he wants the cure for money. But that doesn't make sense, because he knows he has cancer. When does he... Th- Wait, sorry. When does he think he wants the cure for money? After he finds out he has cancer. What? When? After he finds out that Sandler has cancer. Yeah, he finds out he has cancer. But what do you mean... Who? What? So... Uh, like, one point he tells Paula Patton that he... Like, cause Adam Sa- he thinks Adam Sandler's gone off the rails. Yeah. Because he's gonna go like beat up Matt Walsh or whatever, and he says he, they, him and Paula Pan talk about it, and he's like, "Oh, maybe he's doing it for the cure, so he can get the money to sell the cure to the bad guys." Oh yeah, and he's like, "But well, that doesn't make sense because you know he no, has he cancer." Has cancer. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> One I just was not paying attention to. <sighs> it's not it's very good movie. It's fucking full of shit. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have anything else to say about no. this. It wasn't nominated for any awards. Nor, was it not? Was it, uh, nor did it win. Extremely strange. 
Um, I just want to check how many actual reviews it got on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Because, of course, last time we talked and it had on um, Ridiculous 6 had very few oh, yeah. reviews. And um, I'm wondering if Rotten Tomatoes got to the point where they were like, oh, maybe Netflix films are worth reviewing yet. And it's only still only got 23 reviews, so still quite a small amount. Yeah, it's not a lot, is it? No. Oh, wow. Well. And uh, of them, two are positive. Hmm. It's probably... Well, yeah, it's probably deserved. Like, you say that I'm defending... I'm still calling it a two-star movie. I just think some of the set pieces yeah. are fun. <laughs> yeah. It's got some I, good action. I, what, you, you haven't even talked about any of the set pieces. I don't remember them. <laughs> I didn't make any, <laughs> any notes. But actually, no. Was this another one where... Because, like, yeah, during Ridiculous 6, I got, like, extremely depressed while watching it. I don't think I had quite the same reaction with this one. It did ruin one night of my week off from work last week. But it wasn't. It wasn't as. Because I think it's because it wasn't as terrible as Ridiculous Six. I was like, I think it's worse. You think it's worse? Think you it's think worse it's than worse than the Ridiculous Six? Yeah, that is insane. I think it's worse than Ridiculous Six. It is absolutely not. It is absolutely not worse. Like, I, it is. Like the Ridiculous <laughs> Six is so dull, like so boring and defensive. Whereas this oh, is and just, this isn't. It is dull, but in a different way. <laughs> and it's and it's offensive. And it's offensive, but in a different way. I don't know, like. And it's it, upsetting. Uh, yeah, it's upsetting. But like it, it's the thing about this film is it is. At least I liked the ba- uh, the baseball scene in Ridiculous Six. I have nothing I liked in this movie. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it's just like a vibe. Well, I didn't like anything about Ridiculous Six. I guess it's just a vibe. Like this one is just like so unhinged. Ridiculous Six is trying to parody something that no one has any idea what the fuck it's trying to parody. You know, I mean, like I, obviously, and this one is trying strong... to. This one is trying to do something that nobody gives a shit about. Like, yeah, no one gives a shit about it, but it's just like it's it's just a truly like galaxy brain movie of just like it's going to start off they're going to fake their deaths and they're going to go to Puerto Rico and it's going to be fun and they're going to have I think a second life. I think I hate I think I hate how sloppy it is. I... And the fact that it was so sloppy just kept me like at such arm's length from this movie. Not that I think the Ridiculous 6 is a good movie. Mm. But I just think that, like... You think the structure of The Ridiculous Six is better? Is that what I mean, kind of. Do you think spending an hour bringing all these disparate elements apart only to just, like, fucking be racist? Yeah, Yeah. as opposed to just jumping around from bit to bit and then to be like, hey, guess what, we've got a cure for (laughs) cancer stuffed up David Spade's bum. Where else are you going to keep it? It doesn't exist. <laughs> There's lots of things in films that don't exist, Jack. I've seen Lord of the Rings. That doesn't exist. If I oh, I've heard they've got a cure for Sauron. Where is it? Oh, it's round Master Frodo's. Oh, it's Sean Astin. It's round Master Frodo's neck, sir. You're not downgrading Lord of the Rings because that doesn't exist. Evil but exists Sauron in the world. Exist. Sauron exists. He does. He's inside all of us. That's it. Imagine if like a film came out before the vaccine, which was just all about the cure for COVID, while we were just sitting at home watching it, and we'd just be like, "Fuck this!" What movie. about that one with KJ Apa? 
I mean, that's not going to cure for Does COVID, it in it. It's just about people living through COVID. Hell, and also that's a bad movie, <laughs> Josh. It, I haven't like, seen it. What, what about what about crap? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you ever think about that? Do you ever think about crap? I guess what I'm saying is I found this film more entertaining because it was just so fucking wild. Like, I think what we're saying is the reason that you don't like it is the reason I do like it or like it more. I don't like it. I like it more than you like it for the same reason that you like it less than I like it, which is it is just unhinged. It jumps all over the place. You like, I've seen this film before and I forgot every single plot twist. I had no memory of it whatsoever. And it's still every time I was like, this is where this film's going. This is where this film's going. They've cured cancer. What the fuck is happening? And I think that kept me invested because I was just like, where the fuck is this going to go next? It just kept me. It just kept me like there was nothing interesting for me to hang on to in this mm, movie. I get it. It was the opposite of old. I get you. Um, it was just like. <laughs> young. There was no moment in this movie where I could jump on to. Oh, I wish they were fucking young, as I've said before. Ew. Um. Uh, there was no moment where I could just jump on and be like, I'm on board with this. It kept me at arm's length the whole time, pushed me away. It just, I, just I, I, hate, I hated every character. I hated it. Yeah, everything. Everything about this movie, I think, is really shit. Mm. I mean, it's just... I buy the... What the fuck is the ending? Like... Oh, they get... Sana's <laughs> about to be arrested. And just because his wife is angry, he doesn't get arrested. I thought he did get... Uh... No, because they go off. They go off and jump off rocks and hang out with injured Michael Chiklis. No, but that's no. But they get they are arrested. But they get. He, they say to did Sama you miss that bit? Did prison. you zone out? They say to him he's going to go to prison. Yeah, but did you miss the bit that shows why they don't go to prison? Or did you see that? Yeah, because they have the cure for cancer. Yeah. So we. So if they went to prison, would they have held the cure for cancer? Yes. I hate this movie, Josh. <laughs> the cure for cancer should not be a bargaining chip. you got to play the cards you dealt. If you're going to go to prison for something you didn't get involved in, or you got involved in slightly by mistake, I think... I mean, Sandler did not get involved in it slightly <laughs> by mistake. Sandler's plan in this movie... The f- we haven't really explained what Sandler's plan in this movie. Do you know why? Because it's fucking insane. There's it no does. plan to this movie. His plan is to pretend that he is dead to assume the identity of another cancer patient so that he attracts i don't he attracts, i don't want to talk about no this but we need anymore, to explain Josh. for people who are never going to watch so he so that he can attract nobody, the, nobody needs to the ire or uh, the ire of the bad guys who will then eventually lead him to the cure for cancer and David Spade is also there. Who also knows how to hack! Raiders of the Lost Ark. He knows how to hack! No, he doesn't know how to hack. Because he's a bank manager, who apparently gets, still gets privileges of being a bank manager while he's dead. Yeah. Um, it's like being president. Is, yeah, you're allowed to check everybody's details as a bank manager, apparently. Yes. What a fucking lazy reality. <laughs> According to my letterbox, I think this movie is better than Joe Dirt and worse than Blended. Wow. What have I... Let me check very quickly. It's my 33rd favourite film we've covered. You know what? I think it's a similar... Yeah, it's the 31st on mine. So it's too higher. It's worse than Blended. And it's better than I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. 
31 for me is grandma's boy. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> What's my 33rd? Pixels. Oh, God. Well, there we go. I don't want to talk about it anymore. No, no, I. Right. Um, as I said, no awards <laughs> for this piece of shit. Yeah, that's good. Um, take, uh, but don't worry, listeners. Sandy Wexler, the awards come back. Hey. Um, that's a long film as well, I think. Is Maybe it? it's not. I think I've it feels long. That. I can't I've wait for it's you bad. to watch I think yeah, it's 16. Oh my bad. god, it's two hours and ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when it's funny, people, you're like, it could be longer. It should be three hours. But when it's Sandy Wexler. Yeah, when the film is good. <laughs> Yeah, fair enough. Who's your MVP, Jack? Uh, my MVP, if people haven't guessed, is uh, Nick Swardson. <laughs> no. Nick Swardson, who just casually does some fun stunt humour in this and barely has any lines. This is, I think, the best performance we have from him in the Happy Madison world. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. He doesn't really do anything. He just like he screams. He just a gets bit. like hit by cars and like <laughs> and shot. And yeah. like it's probably one of the better structured jokes of the movie is that he's actually not working for the bad guys. He works for American Express. Yeah. He wants to get the money back. Yeah, he frauded. Um, it's good because because Adam Sandler at the beginning of the film says American ex- like my American Express aren't going to want me to pay me them now that I'm dead. Yeah, and uh, and the joke is that Nick Swanson works for American Express. Like, yeah, absolutely do in a film in which most things are pretty awful. Swanson makes no offensive jokes. Is just purely there as a as a sort of punch bag to get injured which i would have imagined is your favorite that's why i thought we might have the same mvp because he's just there as uh someone to get hit yeah. and hurt which is your favorite type it of humor is one of my favorite kind. yeah but I, your favorite type of humor it, yeah it, it probably is actually um <laughs> yeah i don't know i just didn't connect with it as much as you did but like he, no, I didn't really connect with it, but just in a film that I don't like. It was a shining he, like, ray of it hope. Was, it was the one thing where I was like, oh, you know what? This is the least annoying Nick Swardson has been in one of these movies. Mm. And I've, you know what? Like, I've never given him an MVP. I'm sure I've given him an LVP. But let's yeah. give it to Nick Swardson here. Oh. Yeah, Congrats, he's Nick. underplaying it. First time. Good. Who's your MVP? Uh, my MVP is men's relationship with their asses. Uh-huh. <laughs> because I think this film does concentrate on male ass play a lot and I think it's at a really interesting point where the conversation in ass play was sort of changing you know so you've got like you've got obviously you've got the bad stuff like the like the German guy um, wanting to insert the whatever into I can't remember what it was like a gear shifter, a gear shifter covered with oil and glass shots yeah. uh, into Adam Sandler, and then that leads to a very horrible interaction. But there's a nice bit early where Sean Astin. It's finally revealed that Sean Astin is banging Natasha Leggero, and it's revealed that she enjoys pegging him, and that's quite you know, it like it is played for laughs, but it's quite nice to see a a. a representation of it on screen sure so 
I think, I think, I think it's like, actually, it's not that. It's not to do with the rep. It's to do with that it was obviously, men shouldn't be afraid of their assholes. And I think having films that sort of normalize it. I mean, this, but this film kind of is, does have men being afraid of their it assholes. It does. It does. But it has other men, other sexy men like Sean Astin, who is shown to be very successful. To be a terrible person. Very successful with David Spade, his own ex-wife. To be a terrible person. Do you think he's a terrible a person in this, in this film? I mean, yeah, I think he's. I think that's how they show it because we're supposed to be on Charlie's side. We are supposed to be guy. on his side, but you know, like he's obvi- like they're obviously a much better fit for each other, right? As both being bad people. Do you think she's a bad person? I think the film thinks she's a bad person. I think yes. the film, yeah, I think the film thinks she's a bad person. But do you think she's a bad person? I don't think she's an incredibly nice person. No. Well, I don't think I don't think she's bad. I don't know what like. Well, we don't actually know. You never get an you never get an intro into like, what her relationship with Sean Astin was like prior to their divorce. Yeah, but you get a relation insight into what her relationship with Charlie is like, and it's pretty mean. Yeah, but it. Yeah. Do you, do you like? I, I there's nothing in this movie where you see her and you think yeah she's pretty good. I don't think she's good. I just think their relationship is bad. You know, her and. What about like a like why, David Spade's funeral? What do you mean? Well, when she gives the that David Spade's funeral, when she gives that eulogy, when, when Sean Astin gives the eulogy, yeah. which is more about the sports team than Spade, but they don't get on. But that's not actually implied. It's implied that they do like that. Sean Astin likes him because he keeps paying for his ex-wife, whatever. Yeah, that's true. I don't. I don't think there's any way to imply that these two <laughs> characters are good characters, like good people, because it's never shown. That this whole look at the children MVP they're raising. Is, this whole MVP thing has gone away from me. I don't really know what I'm saying. I just find it it's fun. You just wanted to say I ass play. Yeah. <laughs> I did uh-huh. just want to say okay. Ass My LVP. Yep. Cancer. Not <laughs> sad. Uh, you fuck right? Because like. What, I've got to say another LVP that isn't cancer, and then you're going to go like, oh, so you support cancer. Is that where we're heading? Is that what's going to happen? I don't know. What are you going to say? I was going to say my LVP is the teething problems of men's relationship with their asses. Which is mm-hmm. this, which is what I would say this period is. It is a lot worse than cancer, isn't it? It is a lot worse than cancer. No, there's no way through this, is there? I think... Uh, I think... <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> fuck you and fuck cancer. Cancer's bad, yes. Cancer is bad. But I'm saying yeah. that it's also bad. It's men's complex relationships with their assholes. Especially around this time, where it's kind of like... As played, entered the lexicon in mm-hmm. straight... In the straight world. But it still was... was was the butt of some jokes. Whereas mm. now, I think you're getting less of that on screen. But this is just a, you know, this is just an interesting time. You know? I should also say that, like, my LVP, yes, cancer is all bad. I also think um, just using cancer as, like, a go-to plot in your movie is very weak. And again, yet, you forgive funny people for it. Um... 
Funny people. Cancer, cancer wasn't your bad thing about funny people. So you think something else is worse no, than cancer? Because it, because it, because it works in that movie. Oh, okay. So there's contextual cancer. Sometimes cancer is good, is it? As a storytelling device, it can be treated poorly or <laughs> it can be treated well. Yes, that's very diplomatic. In this, it is treated poorly. Yeah, it is treated extremely it's, poorly. It's too flippant in this movie. Yeah, when they're just like... It's a biker that tells them. It's just like a random guy. The effect of cancer in this movie is that Adam Sandler needs to sit down at one point. <laughs> He needs to sit down. Oh, there's something. There's something else. He can't. He can't like drink or something at one point. Oh yeah, he can't. Yeah, he's not supposed to. Oh, it's, is it him not having the joint? Oh, maybe. Which doesn't make sense. I thought that was the whole thing. It's like part of the whole thing, right? <laughs> this movie this sucks. Movie does fucking suck. I don't know what I'm talking um, about about the ass stuff. I can't give a shit. Uh, oh, one thing I did... Actually, no, yeah, my LVP is that how is how they stole the line from Face Off about being able to eat a peach for hours and thought none of us would notice. I remember this being in this movie. Adam Sandler says... Might be another moment where I tuned out while they were flying back to America. Adam Sandler says something along the lines of he could eat a peach for hours. And then I mm-hmm. was starting to wonder, Jack, if I sent you a peach emoji... And then, like, some lips. What would you think I was eating in a sexual context? A uh, peach full of Timothy Chalamet's jizz. <laughs> I am wearing my hot boy pants, which make me feel like that man in Call Me By Your Name. So that makes sense. Cannibal. Cannibal, yeah. So, listeners, <laughs> if I were to send you a peach emoji with some lips... What would you think I was eating? Let us know in a review or on Twitter, because I would like that settled. Well, Josh, now that we've talked about this movie, how can people find you and tweet you about them? <laughs> about about, about what you, how you like to eat peaches? <laughs> well, if they want to find me, they can find me at P-A-P-S-B-Y. That's at P-A-P-S-B-Y. That's at P-A-P-S-B-Y. Um, that's on uh, Twitter. Oh, no, it rhymes. It rhymes with Hubble. And that's on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, and probably something else that I've forgotten about. How about you, Jack? Where can they find you? You can find me at JFG in Digital 3D across a variety of platforms, such as Snooker Boys, uh, the World Wide Web, uh, uh, Listagrams, um... And of course, everyone's favorite social media site, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. It's good to use Alcoholics Anonymous as a punchline, isn't it? It's about as good as using cancer as a punchline. But I thought you hated it! <sighs> I do. <laughs> I see, this is a classic of you stare along, you stare long enough into the abyss, the abyss also stares back into you. We've spent too much time with Happy Madison Productions. That's what's happened, is it? Um. I don't think I'm making fun of Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm just the idea of it being a social media. That's true. I suppose it sort of is. It's a social network of sorts. Yeah. Mm. Um. Oh, if you want to follow the pug, if you want to follow the podcast, that's at True Hat Mad on Twitter and Instagram. You can send us an email at truehatmad at gmail dot com. And as always, please leave us a rating and a review. Five is good. Six is better. Seven. Eight nine, but Jack, we've had a review this week, haven't we? We've had a, we've review, had a review from one of our. We've had a review. 
We've had a review. We've had a review. We've had a review. We've had a review. Could be from you. It's five stars, and it's good. What is it? Um, it's from Barry Sonnenfeld. Barry Sonnenfeld, the Adam Smith director of Wild This is a. Uh, our good friend Conroy sixty one. Oh, thanks, Conroy sixty one. Uh, has left us a review, mm. um, five stars. He gives That's us, nice. uh, and his headline is: "This is free." <laughs> yes, <laughs> not wrong. He's he's correct, uh, and he he. I assume it's a man. It might be Francis Conroy, Could be the a actress. Woman. Yeah, um, shouldn't assume someone's gender. No. Um, everyone should listen. It doesn't mm. cost a cent, and they're going to talk about Hubie Halloween, which we are. That's true. This is a very honest review. <laughs> we appreciate it. I appreciate Everything you. Everything in that review is true. Everyone should listen. <laughs> it doesn't cost a cent, and we are going to talk about Hubie Halloween. In fact, we've kind of talked about Hubie Halloween a few times. All the way through. It's kind of yeah. like... What, it's our through life. Wouldn't it be a twist? A do-over style twist? If we just an never old style twist, an old style twist. If we just never did a Hubie Halloween episode, no, that'd be horrible. That would be horrible. That'd be like the Twilight Zone. Mm. Finally, time alone with my books. Well, well. Um, thank you all for listening. <laughs> Next week we're taking a week off. Hey, but we'll be back with all thirty hours of Sandy Wexler. Yeah, when we do return, uh, and as always. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.